Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please visit narctroopers.com, where you will find other podcasts, articles, a video blog, and other materials to help you on your healing journey. Today we're going to talk about nihilism and the narcissist. I have a quote to begin with. See if this sounds familiar to you, if you recognize where it comes from. I think human consciousness is a tragic misstep in human evolution. We became too self-aware. We are things that labor under the illusion of having a self, a secretion of sensory experience and feeling, programmed with total assurance that we are each somebody, when in fact everybody's nobody. I think the honorable thing for our species to do is to deny our programming, stop reproducing, walk hand in hand into extinction, one last midnight, brothers and sisters opting out of a raw deal. Anyone recognize that? It's the character that Matthew McConaughey played in a miniseries, True Detective. So he was a nihilist in a sense. And nihilists believe that nothing in this world is real or meaningful. And narcissists believe that they are real and have found meaning when it is all a fabricated illusion. So you see, there is a moral connection. Nihilism's impact on recent culture and values has been pervasive and profound. Its apocalyptic tone has given birth to a mood of gloom, along with a substantial amount of anxiety, anger, and even terror. We are in the middle of a transition, a transformation that will determine if we can move forward as humans or slip into eventual extinction because of our unwillingness to become aware, to become awakened, woke, to act upon our awareness, to adapt to this changing landscape and successfully manage the challenges placed on our 21st century doorstep. There is no better example of mankind's inability to get outside of ego long enough to do the work that needs to be done for human survival than that of the personality disordered narcissist. The nihilist believes that all ethics and values are baseless and unnecessary. They believe in nothing. They have no loyalties and no purpose other than a kind of reptilian and utilitarian fight, flee, feed, and you know what the other F word is mentality. And I think that it is essential that what the narcissist embodies is this reptilian point of view. The disordered person lives in a type of existential vacuum, not for philosophical reasons, but because the emptiness is a common denominator. William Shakespeare 
eloquently summarized the existential, existential nihilist's perspective when he created Macbeth's famous soliloquy, where he articulates his disgust for life. That part where he says, out, out, brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Remember that? Senior English, maybe? Yeah, he believes in nothing. The person with narcissistic personality disorder, also known as NPD, has a similar philosophy about life. They are empty and devoid of emotions that denote humanity. Emotions like empathy, compassion, remorse, regret, selfless love, integrity, and morality. If there is no God, no guiding principles, and no fidelity toward anyone or anything, then they are truly existential nihilists in some sense of the word, at least morally, and they have these ego disorders. An example to illustrate this point would be the narcissist who is a thief. Let's think about that for a second. He's a thief. Stealing is egocentric, which means that it comes naturally and that there is not any conflict about the act of stealing. There is little or no guilt as a consequence and no moral prohibitions against it. For people who do not have an antisocial personality disorder, stealing would be egodystonic, which means likely why they don't do these things that they perceive as morally reprehensible. Acting against these codes of conduct would result in feelings of remorse that could cause discomfort, suffering, and a crisis of conscience. They wouldn't be able to look at themselves in the mirror. They wouldn't be able to live with themselves for doing this wrong thing, this unethical thing. So that's one of the things that compels them not to do it. I've often balked at the idea that people only do the right thing because they're afraid of getting caught and punished. And I just hate that. I think people should do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It's sort of a do no harm philosophy that says, you know, if we do the right thing, nobody gets hurt. And that's clearly the way to go. But not all people value that. Personality disorders are egocentric meaning the person experiencing the disorder doesn't even believe they have a problem. These individuals live in a false reality of magical thinking, illusion, delusional thoughts, and irrationality. Because of their ability to blame shift, project, deny, deflect, and otherwise put the onus on anyone but themselves, they come out clean as a whistle and smelling like a rose. The psychopath or narcissist is consumed with the idea of the image they present to the world, especially the narcissist. And it's important to remember that this image is fabricated, manufactured, and in no way a true representation 
of their authentic self. They harvest characteristics from their fuel supplies that they absorb into their false self and use to present a positive presentation of themselves to the world. I know my narcissist partner um, absorbed everything about me so that he could leverage that and and use that as part of his false persona that he presented. And it certainly did help him climb social ladders, learn how to speak and dress and fake it in ways that made him look like he was much more than he actually was. All of these things, they, they take everything from their fuel source and, and then take ownership of it themselves and call it their own. It's really quite, um, Interesting. You know, I thought of an example once of a person who, this is a horrible metaphor, but it's, it's very graphic and a visual. So I want to share it. It's of a person who has no skin on their bones. They're just raw, bloody flesh. The narcissist peels the skin off of others and pitifully tries to attach that to his own raw and bloody self because he has none of his own and even though that is brutal painful and just monstrous for the victim who has their skin peeled off it's equally as horrific and sad that the narcissist does not have that skin and has to take it from others and just the way you pictured this person trying to stick it on themselves, trying to make a patchwork quilt to piece together all the parts of them that are missing so that they can appear to others to be a real human that's functioning, that's normal, that's not scary and bloody and raw, you know? And I just, I think that that's, when I think of my ex-partner and and I think of his personality disorder, that comes to mind. It's heartbreaking to picture that. It's desperate. It's, 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 there's no words for it. It's so horrible. So let's move on. Um, they, they present this false self to the world. They don't own these traits intrinsically. They are acquired hijacked and stolen from others, like a sponge, just soaking it up. These assimilated qualities become part of the intricate web that they spin that comprises the mask that they wear to conceal their true self, which is bound and gagged and locked deep inside themselves, never to see the light of day. So at the root of nihilism and personality disorders like narcissism is basically the same, this root. Abuse and trauma in early childhood shaped the personality of the child in a negative way. That's a common denominator probably for both. One of the critical factors that they have in common is this desire for revenge, sort of an evening of the score which is more of a psychological construct instead of a philosophical one. Narcissistic personality disorder provides ideological rationalizations 
for the disordered individual to pursue his unconsciously motivated desire to act in a Machiavellian way to manipulate others without any morals or meaning, without any remorse or regret for their own personal gain. You know what that is. The, um, the ends justify the means. That's, that's, their, that's the narcissist mantra. The ends justify the means to be able to get what they want. They do whatever they have to do to have that happen. My ex-partner told me many times what a survivalist he was and how easily adaptable he was to all new situations. Should have been a red flag for me because that just means that if I dropped dead tomorrow that he would easily adapt and he would sleep well and not shed a tear and just move on without um, hesitation, without missing a beat. He would just continue and would not be affected because he would adapt almost immediately and very with, with great deal of ease. And it's because they don't have any genuine connection to people. The nihilist wants to destroy the existing social order for no valid reason. Um, and the narcissist strives to feed from others, even if it destroys them. While these are not the same, there are some overlapping ideologies ideologies. Nihilism rejects the idea of God, much in the same way as existentialism, um, because God gives meaning, purpose, and direction, and without it, you don't have that um, guide, that roadmap. Um, Nihilism also embraces the meaninglessness of life and rejects moral values. What is good or bad? What is virtue or sin? What, what are these constructs that are supposed to be guiding principles for an ethical person? Narcissists often reject God since they perceive themselves as entitled humans with superhuman godlike powers. Their lives are devoid of true meaning since they live their lives through the fabrication of this false persona. Morality is a foreign concept that escapes the narcissist entirely because of their complete lack of emotional empathy, compassion, necessary components, as you can well imagine. The most fundamental differences between the nihilist and the person with antisocial personality disorder lies in the reasons that they chose to embrace a morally ambiguous life. Narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths all Cluster B disordered individuals lack a way. They lack a way to escape their condition. And while they can learn how to act like normal people with normal emotions and attitudes, they lack an understanding of the moral code or the emotions that would that would enable them to change or evolve. But on the other hand, nihilist become nihilist through deliberately choosing a certain outlook on this moral code. It's not as if they are just consigned that fate. They actually choose it, which can be, and because they've chosen it, that means it can be altered or modified at any given point. It's a fluid thing. They may suddenly, who knows, they may 
have an epiphany and decide they're going to be Buddhist or something. Who, who knows? But the narcissist cannot do that. They can only act the part. It's not real. They're acting. It's all uh, just sticking on that skin like we talked about before. The person with this antisocial personality disorder cannot change what they are. But the nihilist can modify their beliefs and behavior at any time they choose. So one is more of a choice and a philosophical attitude about life. While for the, for the person with the antisocial personality disorder, the cluster B person, you know, it's not a choice. That's, there, there's things that have happened to their brain. Trauma can actually alter the brain. There are things that have happened to them. Now parts of their brain do not work and, or function as a, as a regular person. There's that. Um, there's a complete inability to feel certain feelings, um, remorse, compassion, empathy, love, intimacy, guilt, morals, any concept of morality or virtue or good or evil or right or wrong. That's all a very gray area for them. They make it what they want it to be. They bend it and shape it and shift it according to their their end result that they're going for. And so there are no moral there is no moral compass for them. There's no ability to choose this sort of meaningless um, existence that is really at the core of it. So so guys, we um, it's interesting to kind of think about these things, but at the end of the day, the important message that I have for you is that when you've been tangled up with a person who is disordered, it's so easy to sort of slip into a kind of an existential crisis of identity yourself. It's so easy to just sort of become that which you have been entangled with. Uh, You know, the narcissist is empty and dead inside. And after being with them, their sickness becomes yours. And usually, honestly, and I know some people don't like this and don't think that this is always true, but in my experience, from my research and from the people I have met, so many of them who have these experiences to share, they also possess a lot of times a personality disorder. And having uh, attachment, dependency, uh, abandonment, those kinds of issues are cluster A. They're on that DSM chart right there along with their narcissist, sociopath, psychopath. That's why they go so well together, you know, coffee and cream, personality disorder, another personality disorder. And when the narcissist enters our lives, it's almost as if they're the catalyst to wake you up as the victim, to wake you up and make you question your philosophy, your ideology, your morals, your belief system, your early childhood trauma, all of that, it, it, you're forced to look at it 
after you have been with these people because by the time they're done with you, you're such a mess. You have to reconstruct. You have to give birth to a new creation, a new version of yourself. And when you do that, you have to take a hard look. And I think more times than not, there's something wrong there. You know, there are issues and disorders that you yourself have, which have made you vulnerable, which made you attract the narcissist in the first place, like a shark coming to blood in the water. It's the same thing. You have these attachment disorders, abandonment issues, wounded childhood trauma from early, early on. You have these things that are not right. They're not whole. They're not healthy. And the narcissists, they, they, they come to that like a magnet. They're drawn to it. They feel it. They know it. They're, they're smart. They're very energetically tuned in to be able to be such a chameleon. They have skills like you have no idea. Oh, man, you know, they're good at what they do. And, um, and so last thing to point out, both of you have something that is not working quite right. The, the person with antisocial personality disorder, cluster B issues, has a very slim chance of ever changing that. The treatment uh, of these people in mental health settings, the um, success rate is almost zero. It's almost zero. But for you and I, those of us who are not suffering from cluster B disorders, narcissism, sociopathy, psychopathy, for those of us who are not cluster B, we really have to examine what is it that made us stay? What is it that attracted them to us? And then when we saw what they were, most of the time we stay for long periods of time. I stayed 16 years. I stayed for 16 years. And I had seen all the way along all those red flags, and I ignored them. I did not know how to look within. I was terrified. My inner child, just like the narcissist inner child, is tied up, stuck in the corner, um, not allowed to ever come out. It's the same thing a lot of times with the targets, with the person who, who is the victim. Um, they also have their inner child silenced, tied up in the corner as well. And so they're not functioning in a healthy way. If they were, they would be out of there because they would have healthy boundaries and they would get the heck out. You know, when you know you go, when you know you go, but if you have something wrong, you know, and you don't go, you don't go, you stay. And um, so that's food for thought to maybe think about our, um, our, what we have going on with ourselves as people who are um, addicted to these uh, disordered people. We, we need to think about what it is in us that we need to work on. And then we need to try to figure out how to do that. Try to figure out how to um, have some kind of healing 
so that we can go on and be whole and happy. Because here again, let me end with this. They are incapable of getting well. Sad but true. You, as the person who was in this relationship, partnered with them through marriage, through whatever the relationship was, you know, you do have the option of getting well. So let's choose that. Let's choose that to be future focused on our healing so that we can get well, heal what is broken in us, and never get tangled up with another person who is, um, you know, the walking dead. They're empty. They are, they are not um, like you and I. They're, they're not. So uh, carry that with you and try to be happy, try to be healthy, and we're going to get through this. See you on the other side, guys. Bye-bye.